And welcome to The Real Money Show. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver and uh, therealmoneyshow.com. Make sure you stop by, get an investor kit and the Precious Metal Advisor. It's uh, key information you want uh, weekly to get that sign up and uh, go forth. we got the president of Guildhall here, Paul Wiseman, and our senior analyst, Darren Long. The show today, we're going to be covering lots of things, silver and platinum maybe signaling, uh, true hard currencies, volatility, and we're going to be looking at uh, China interest rate, Russian gold buying, and gold being repatriated uh, outside of North America, of course. Course. What else is new? It's never here. We're always the last ones to know. But first, Darren, want to get into uh, the silver correction. Have we hit the bottom? It's a good question, John. It's mm-hmm. a good place to start. The week was a little bit topsy-turvy. We started rising during the front end of this past week, and we're taping the show on Friday of this week. And as we approached the American Thanksgiving, and happy Thanksgiving to all of our American listeners, uh, we saw a bit of a turnaround strengthening the U.S. dollar once again near the week's end with a weakness in oil market produced additional weakness in the precious metal sector, and both gold and silver fell off coming into Friday morning. Now, gold is uh, traversing down towards the 11 80 mark, uh, while silver is uh, sitting in and around the 1580 mm-hmm. to 1590 mark in that range. And again, looking very prime for those technical buyers who are looking for a nice buying opportunity. But let me tell you why. It's the biggest question in everybody's mind right now as to whether it has hit the bottom. And uh, we, we can't say for 100% that there won't be further weakness in the market. Look what the markets have done to these metals already this year alone. Silver's traversed down around 15 to 18%. Uh, but in the long-term picture, what we're most happy about is the fact that all of the basic fundamentals are in line and intact. And I'll tell you, what we're looking at is, although the U.S. dollar has strengthened, and we've seen that happen not as a result of what we believe is the U.S. economy getting better, but more or less because of weakness in other economies around the world, and obviously that's a huge problem for metals in the short term, but uh, a lot of analysts are predicting that the metals could fall slightly further, but in recent days, underneath what has been developing and what we're going to talk about in the show today is definitely forcing us into the camp that suggests silver is going to break out higher here as well as gold. Now, barring what's happened in the oil complex this week, and it doesn't look like because OPEC did not change their uh, production levels doesn't look like oil is going to be heading up anytime in the short uh, term. We are watching a couple of significant developments in the silver market. Firstly, is the gold to silver ratio. This has been and always has, you know, historically been a crucial measure of the correlation between silver and gold prices. And it had continued to widen right out to the point that it was at about 75 to 1, meaning you needed 75 ounces of silver in order to get one ounce of gold. And when that ratio gets up that high, it tells us that silver is extremely undervalued. It should be 60 to 17, no? It should be 16 to 1. Yeah. Yeah, 16, 17 to 1 uh, is what historically it has been. And if you look back to the last bull market in the late 80s, in the late 70s, uh, there was a, uh, you know, of course, a peak in both mm-hmm. gold and silver. And the ratio at that time was 16 to 1. Now, over the last year, the ratio has widened from about uh, entering the year at about 68 to 1 up to, as I said, about as much as 75 to 1. And even more startling is the current gold to silver ratio, which is 55% higher than what the actual 100-year average is. And even the 100-year average is still at 47, not even taking into consideration thousands of years. So if we look at that, we can comfortably say that silver is very undervalued right now. And uh, 
you know, not just myself, but other analysts in the marketplace that specialize in precious metals are looking towards that as being a key signal as to where we're heading with this undervalued asset presenting itself as opportunity. Buyers should be alert right now and be looking to snap up these cheap prices. Well, I find it very, very interesting considering uh, today we're uh, taping the show on Friday. In the U.S., they have the Black Friday sale. Guess what? We had a Black Friday sale on gold and silver today. Mm. It's been every time the markets close in the States for Thanksgiving, they were closed. They were closed basically today. The markets always get smashed down. It's just an amazing thing that these markets get, keep getting manipulated. Yet over the still over the last ten years, we're up three hundred and fifty, three hundred and eighty percent with manipulation. And we know that the markets are being manipulated. Uh, Darren came up with an interesting thing about uh, how some of the central banks are actually looking to repatriate their gold. In two thousand and thirteen, Ge- Germany tried to repatriate their gold that was held by the New York Fed. They haven't been very, very successful. They were told it's going to take about five years to get their own gold back. The Dutch are just doing the same. They're trying to repatriate their gold. Some of their gold is kept in Canada, which I think we're pretty safe. Uh, Some of the gold is kept in London, but 51% of their gold is kept in New York. And they're following um, Germany, and they would like to get some of their gold back because they are feeling a little uh, unsure of the markets. You have to remember, you know, silver is a byproduct of gold, gold, copper, and zinc mining. There's not too many silver mines that are actually out there. And silver is basically used in everything today that's electrical. I can't understand how this market is trading under $16. Right now, silver should be at $30, $35. It's extremely undervalued. At Guildhall, we sell gold, silver, platinum, and platinum. We sell the physical product. What was traded today... On a, on a sell-off was paper. It's not the physical product. I'm waiting two, three weeks right now for physical product to be delivered from the fabricators. That's the manufacturers, whether it's Royal Mint, U.S. Mint. We are behind in deliveries. We sell the physical product. We don't, we're not in the equity market. We don't sell stocks. We don't sell certificates. We don't sell futures. We don't sell options on futures. And we definitely don't sell ETFs. So... We're not in the paper market. We're in the physical market. You take a 100-ounce bar of silver, you drop it on the floor, it makes a clang. You know, you take a piece of paper, it doesn't make any sound. This is what's being traded on a daily basis is paper. Gold, silver, platinum, and platinum are physical products, in my opinion, very, very undervalued right now. At Guildhall, you have several ways to get into this market. I think it's an unbelievable investment. You know, everybody's rushing out, you know, to buy on Black Friday. They're picking up impulse buying. They're buying garbage. And not only that, they're paying the HST on the garbage. Buy some gold. Buy some silver. There's no HST. It's something that's going to keep on showing dividends. It's going to keep on going up in value. It's been proven even over the last 10 years, even though we're smashed down right now, we're still up 350, 380% on gold and silver. I think the market is about to turn around, even though the US dollar has got extremely strong. What it is, it's the best house on the worst street. If you look at all the basket cases that are out there, when you look at Europe, you look at Japan, zero interest. They are in deflationary mode in Japan. You know, no wonder people, you know, borrow money from Japan, it's the carry trade at zero, and go and put it into something where they can get dividends, which is the U.S. stock market, where they're getting maybe 3 
it's not a bad thing, but the average person can't go into a US or into a Japan, Japanese central bank and say, you know, lend me $15 billion because I would like to buy some stocks. But governments seem to be able to borrow from each other and they're floating these markets. So a guild hall, you really should buy physical product. You should have 15 to 20% of hard assets in your portfolio. Everybody at my company owns gold and silver. We all have skin in the game. We don't just come on the show and talk about it. I'm expecting an unbelievable turnaround. You know, we're not basically, you know, uh, gold bugs. We're running around with gas masks and bottles of water for the next three years and tins of spam. We don't do that. We look at the markets. We look to see why is gold and silver so undervalued? Because what's happened with when you've got quantitative easing and you're printing and printing and printing, they are boosting up the stock market. The other area where you can put into is land. There's always, there's never any more land except with land, they're building upwards. They're not building down. So hard assets are always a great investment. If you go to our website, guildhallwealth.com, in the right-hand corner, you're going to see an e-commerce site. This allows you to buy gold and silver with a click of a mouse, uh, whether it's one-ounce maple leaves, 10-ounce bars of silver, 100-ounce bars of royal mint bars. Same thing with gold, whether you want a one-ounce Valcambi bar, whether you want a a royal mint, whether you want a maple leaf, go to a 10-ounce bar, go to a kilo bar of gold. Mm. It's available for you with a click of a mouse. It's very, very simple to order. If you want to pick it up, you can pick it up if you want to put it into our depository, which is even a great way to store your product. It's safe, it's secure, it's segregated, the product is allocated to you. It's one of the best ways to hold precious metals. If you buy a thousand ounces of silver, it weighs about 70 pounds, you can't take that to a safe deposit box. You know, most of the boxes in the banks today are tiny. You don't want to keep it at home. You should be worried about home invasions. You know, these are volatile times out there right now. Give us a call. Learn about how to put into product into our depository. It's one of the cheapest ways to store. It's only 1.3% a year. Total storage and insurance. You can't insure your home insurance for that type of money. Your car insurance is not that type of money. So something like a hard asset you can get into. one eight seven seven eight silver and therealmoneyshow.com. Make sure you sign up for the Precious Metal Advisor while you're there as well. Darren, in the last uh, few minutes of this segment, talk a little more about silver demand. Well, it's a good point. It's valid based on the heels of what we were just discussing. But the key drivers of this seasonal demand are growing jewelry demand in China and India for festivals and weddings. That's this time of year. It's been that way for the 10 years that I've been uh, a part of Guildhall. And this is, uh, you know, we saw some demand changes through the middle of the year. But coming into the last quarter, we saw that uh, India's silver imports alone for October 2014 spiked by 44% compared to September uh, and a mass of 136% compared to October of the year before. So we are seeing that continuation and pickup of demand for the small coinage and the small bars, and that is being translated all over the world except for the West. Now, that being said, we're seeing an abundant demand here uh, for coinage, but a lot of that product is going overseas And if you look again uh, at the investment demand for silver in uh, coinage here, you look at the largest seller, which is the American Silver Eagle. They hit an all-time October record, uh, and they've been at their highest point since January of 2013 over the last month. So there are signs there that are underlying those headlines talking about the U.S. economy and the direction that
that you might think the stock market is heading that are telling us all of those things are still in play. Now, that to me is a warning sign, John, that if you are an investor and you're looking to park money in a smart investment, that maybe you should be thinking twice about where you're going to put that money. It's uh, certainly common sense that to be well diversified, you have to have different investments and try to spread that money around. Why not start with something in silver, gold, keep it physical, you can come to Guildhall and start that investment today. It's as simple as can be, as Paul mentioned before. You just simply go to the website, and in the top right-hand corner, you can right away start buying right online as if you were buying anything else on any other site. And the reality is that by starting that investment, you're going to start giving yourself a base, a base mm-hmm. to improve upon, something to step off of. And if you like what you're seeing and you start to gain value, you might want to cost average and, and add a little more as you go along. But either way, it couldn't be easier. And to hold something that's tangible, like a big hunk of silver or gold in your hands, it's one of the best things that I've ever done. We'll take a uh, short break. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver Want to go on to the, uh, the website as well, the realmoneyshow.com and sign up for the precious metal advisor and back with more of the real money show the number one eight seven seven eight silver precious metal advisor get that when you go to the realmoneyshow.com you got to have it darren you write it and each week there's a lot of information people need to have like uh the activity happening in china and russia right now right When it comes to precious metals in China and Russia, those are two key demand centers. And one of the two in Russia is really just coming on over the last couple of years. Now, China, although they've only been allowed legally since 2000 to buy, their citizens have only been allowed to buy physical bullion. They're pushing it every day. When you go to China, you'll see it. But those are two huge demand centers. And China, uh, on that side of the equation, is very popular for many commodities because of the growth in their overall economy. And precious metals are no exception. The Chinese currency, the RMB, remains a very non-convertible, illiquid currency instrument. And with the growth of wealth in China, which is huge, I mean, the middle class is, is blowing up right in front of us. Demand for gold has been enormous overseas there. And what they bring in to even fabricate doesn't leave the country. So they have been a huge demand center. And it's easy to see. One can go on Google and search it for themselves. But this is the truth. This is where a lot of demand is coming. And earlier this year, they actually overtook India for a short period of time as the world's largest buyer of gold. So that's an interesting market to be following. Now, many wealthy Chinese do buy gold. And throughout history, gold has been a hard asset that has held value and is internationally accepted vehicle of exchange. And late last week, the Chinese central bank cut interest rates. Lower interest rates tend to spur gold buying because they lessen the opportunity and carrying costs of holding gold. So lower Chinese interest rates are bullish for physical precious metals, and that's happening uh, right now as we speak. So we're going to see more stories developing in terms of the demand centers for gold and silver, which over here, if we're buying now at these cheaper prices, should play themselves out as the year progresses to the end and into next quarter. Now, the Russians continue to buy gold domestically and in the international market also. And so far this year, the Russian Central Bank has added 150 tons of gold to their reserve. That's a staggering amount. I suspect that they have added even more from domestic uh, production, which we don't know about. Sanctions leveled on Russia by the West uh, over the course of this last half of year are going to continue to encourage Russian gold producers' uh, purchases uh, on a governmental and individual basis. So I would think that that story is going to develop as well and continue to go. You mean, they think of gold a lot differently than we do. To them, it's a true hard currency. If all else failed tomorrow, gold would be the way that they would survive. And when you have that type of mentality... 
that's a uh, not just a, a mentality that has uh, been around for hundreds, even thousands of years. It's a mentality that really tells us how different we are from over there. Over here in the West, we've taken it upon ourselves to adapt to a predominantly paper regime. Our stocks are paper. Everything that we invest in is pretty much paper these days. But the hard assets, as Paul said in the first segment, that we add to our portfolio have typically only been a small handful. You have to open up and see the big picture. And when you do, the underlying fundamentals for gold and silver are so awesome that you're missing out on what I would consider a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to own something as good long-term as gold and silver could potentially be. I have to look at, you know, the price of silver, you know, in the mid $15 range, gold just under $1,200. Right now, it's an unbelievable buying opportunity. Can gold or silver drop a little further? Yeah. What difference if silver drops 50 cents? There's more upside in the in silver than there is in the downside. If we're at middle 15s, can it drop down to zero? The answer is no. But can $15 silver or $16 silver go to $50 or $100? The answer is yes. You know, in 2011, silver hit a high of $49. Gold was trading around about $1,930. You know, silver, we're off basically, you know, 60%, over 60% from where we were on the high. This is because of ease of liquidity, easy money, governments printing money. If you look back at history, and history has a tendency to repeat itself, fiat currencies have never, ever worked. What they actually do, it goes back to Roman times when they were clipping coins. They started off with a gold coin, then they went to silver coins, and then they went to copper coins, and then they started making holes in coins. And there's the old saying, don't take wooden nickels. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, that's what we're getting into. Paper is paper. And what paper printing does is confiscating your wealth. When you own hard assets like gold, silver, natural fancy colored diamonds, which we're going to talk about in the next segment, you are going to protect your capital. You have life insurance, you have health insurance, you have car insurance, home insurance, but you have insurance against your capital. Banks have the ability to snatch your money away. If you want to go back and look what happened in Cyprus uh, last year, the year before, they actually went in and took basically 20% of people's money. Anybody had more than 100,000 euros, they took their money. Russians had a lot of money in the banks. So I wonder how the Russians all got their money out before this happened. Anyway, that's another story. Um, But when you look at hard assets and you look at gold, you look at silver, even if silver drops 50 cents, drops a dollar down right now, there is more upside than there is downside. You need to start a portfolio. You need to have these hard assets in your portfolio. We spoke about in the first segment, it's very, very easy to own gold or silver with Guildhall. You can own it. You can take it home for immediate delivery. You can go to our website, guildhallwealth.com. Right-hand corner, we have an e-commerce site. It's so easy. You click on the site. You can buy gold, silver, as small as one-ounce bars of silver, one-ounce silver maple leaves. You can buy 10-ounce bars of silver, 100-ounce bars of silver, the same on gold. It's a click of the mouse. We've been running a special for the whole of November where when you purchased a 100-ounce bar, you received a silver maple Mm -hmm. leaf. It's been unbelievably successful. So what I decided to do was to run this till the end of the year, till till December 31st, 2014. So when you make a purchase and you purchase 100-ounce bar of Royal Mint 
silver. That's point nine 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 silver. You will receive a silver maple leaf again, completely free of charge. This is a wonderful offer. It's a wonderful time to get into the market. Watch your investment grow. One eight seven seven eight silver the real money show.com. Remember, sign up for the Precious Metal Advisor. Darren, you mentioned that uh, especially China and Russia, the number one, two countries as far as geographical size, they are hanging on to the stuff they, they mine. Imagine all the undiscovered silver and gold they probably have underneath the ground they don't even know about yet. We'll never see. It's true. We do have a limited amount of resource. I'm glad you actually brought that point up, John, because one of the things I want to touch on today is what the GFMS, which is a European uh, regulatory body which oversees metals, has put out this past week uh, calling for peak silver in two to three years, which is astounding. But when we first started doing this back in 2004, we actually drew our listeners to uh, an article that was written and actually released by the Geological Survey in the U.S., which said that total silver supply at current methods would run dry by 2029. That was back in 2005 that we uh, uncovered that article and read that and brought that to everybody's attention. Now what we have is that we're seeing the GFMS is saying that silver mine supply is going to peak within two to three years, and that's against the drawdown that's happening in other major exchanges. So while paper is limitless, and by all means, you can shape and craft any type of headline you want when you're able to produce as much paper as you need to make that headline. Let's not forget about all of the intricacies that happen within markets and how those in each of them can be manipulated. Nobody can print gold. If I have a physical bar, I can't print another one. I can't just create it out of thin air. I can't loan it and say that I own it in six different places. That's hypothecation, (laughs) and it's illegal. It's against the law. So we We don't do those types of things, and that's why taking a piece of physical product out of the market means there's less and less. These stories will come to light. Sooner or later, the mainstream will have to effectively agree with our opinions on this market and accept, not disagree or talk negatively about gold and silver. Now, when you look at this GFMS uh, report, they say that they're expecting to see peak silver mine supply reach in the next two to three years. And it includes this year's supply and demand statistics. And they were released in what is called the GFMS 2014 Silver Market Interim Report for Silver Institute. We'd be happy to supply this to anybody that wants it. Uh, it'll be in our Precious Metals Advisor in an upcoming week. And of course, if you get onto there, it'll be part of it anyways. But they state that the reason for peak uh, in silver mine supply is due to current price levels maintaining production but constraining investment in new capacity. So basically that they're saying that the current low silver price will maintain production for the short term, but this has created a decline in mining investment. And that means that no new mines coming online. And uh, furthermore, if the metals, like Paul was saying earlier, uh, that are supporting silver because silver is a byproduct of those operations, start to come down in price, copper, uh, zinc, gold, if those values drop as they have, we're not going to see as much of that byproduct. We've already had a shortfall over the last 10 years that has taken total above ground supplies down to nothing. And the COMEX in New York, which is where the major center is supposed to be for delivery in the West, they're down to about 65 million deliverable ounces. They have five contracted ounces for every one ounce they have available. What they're going to do, who knows? We always know at the end of a month, like today is the first day of the next month of delivery taping 
on Friday. We always know that they manage to roll these contracts over or get people, pay them a premium to not take delivery. Mm-hmm. That happens, people, behind the scenes. People are being paid exorbitant uh, amounts of money, premiums, if you will, on these contracts to stop from taking stop them from taking delivery of the metal. So we know there's a shortfall. Otherwise, they wouldn't be paying these ridiculous premiums. And also, the, Darren, you know where there's smoke, there's always fire. Of I mean, course, uh, there's a referendum going on right now in Switzerland. I believe it's on Sunday. Um, they've got they're backing their. Um, Swiss franc up by around about seven and a quarter percent gold right now. Um, they, the party that really wants to go up to 20 percent, um, is in this referendum, and it's sound, sound economics to have a product that backs up your money. I mean, for hundreds of years, banks did it or countries did it. When they decided to get into fiat currency, and it really started with the uh, Nixon in in the early 70s when he took uh, the gold standard off, you know, gold was $35 an ounce. You know, we quickly went up to $100 an ounce and $200 an ounce. In 79.80, we went up to $880 an ounce in a very, very short time. In 2011, we went up to $1,900 an ounce. Paper is paper. You know, Germany is trying to repatriate their gold. Holland is trying to repatriate their gold. The Swiss may be doing it very soon, Sunday's referendum. It's scaring the living daylights out of the U.S. because the U.S. is supposed to be the largest holder of gold in the world. But how come they can't give Germany back their gold? Because it's Fort Knott. Fort Knott. Yeah, that's true too. I mean, you know, when Cyprus had a problem and they needed euros to fulfill a run on the banks, they sent over, you know, four or five tractor-trailer loads of, of... of euros, uh-huh. it got there pretty quick. You tell me they can't do the same with a run on gold or run on silver. They can't just put it into a plane, ship it over, and have you know security trucks deliver. It's not there. You know you can't hypothecate if you don't have the product to start off with. And one thing that's very crucial to understand is that when the price gets this low, if you are able to stand back and look at the long-term picture, and that's the way we've always talked about precious metals as a long-term investment, you will realize that we are coming into a period in time in which if the GFMS is right about peak mine supply, over the next two to three years, we're going to see a significant drawdown in inventories. If that happens, owning an ounce of silver today will be as good as buying a pink diamond. Speaking of diamonds, that's where we're going to go, guys. We love this part of the show. Another half of the investment that you should have in your portfolio. We'll get to natural fancy color diamonds. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver Online, therealmoneyshow.com. Make sure you get the investor kit and sign up for the Precious Metal Advisor. More of The Real Money Show is coming up. And back with more of The Real Money Show. The number to start investing, one eight seven seven eight silver Really simple. Go to therealmoneyshow.com and guildhalldiamonds.com. And while you're on the uh, Real Money Show website, make sure you sign up for the Precious Metal Advisor. It'll give you all the things you need to know about gold and silver. And, uh, guys, we roll into uh, natural fancy color diamonds. I'm going to give you a number, Darren, and you can tell us more about it. How does 24 2.4- Four million per carat sound. Well, I'm going to keep it short because this is it's incredible crazy. news. Yes, prior to this show, 
Paul had been discussing throughout the last year, year and a half, the value of a one carat red. And he had been saying that the value buying that at open market is in and around the 1.8 million mark. Which is wickedly healthy. It's huge. Yeah. And of course, to find a red diamond, if you've been a listener to the show, you know how rare it is. The rarest diamond, the most rarest diamond in the entire world. Here we had go up for auction at Christie's in Hong Kong, November the 26th, a 2.09 carat fancy red heart-shaped diamond in the setting and it sold for uh, f- just under 5.1 million dollars uh, and or, or of course 2.44 million per carat to a private Asian investor that just set the world auction for highest price paid for a red in wow. history plus 15 percent commission that's not put on there but you know I, I've been saying over the last little while the reds have been fetching you know 1.8 million a carat you could have bought 30 years ago a one carat for 30,000 a carat so that's not a bad return in 30 years 2.4 million um, there's also uh, this uh, the 21st of November there went a blue a vivid blue pair that was a 9.75 carat and that was also sold at Sotheby's um, and that went for 32 million dollars <laughs> You and know, that's the highest price ever paid for blue for at auction. blue. Wow. Now, in November the 26th of this, this uh, month, a 3.39 vivid blue diamond ring went for $5.8 million, also close to $2 million a carat. We sold last year a 106 vivid blue, internally flawless, for $660,000. So you can see what type of prices these diamonds are fetching. You know, if I would have held on to that diamond, I could have probably got a million and a quarter to a million and a half dollars today because it was vivid, it was an unbelievable color blue, and it was internally flawless. So Guildhall, what we try to bring to our clients, to bring to our collectors, is the highest quality gems that we can find. The diamonds have to have a lot of specification for us to buy it. The first thing that we look at at Guildhall when we buy a natural fancy colored diamond is the color. Color is the key thing. The diamond has to be evenly saturated. It has to have tremendous fire. The tremendous fire or the make in the diamond is the cut. The cut brings out all these vibrant colors. So the first thing we look at is color. The next thing we're actually looking at cut. The third thing we look at is the clarity. Mm -hmm. Now we sell in yellows at Guildhall basically internally flawless. But we do sell VS diamonds and sometimes I buy a VS diamond because I'm buying color first. It's the premiere. It's the first part of what I'm looking at. And if I see a diamond that has unbelievable color, unbelievable cut, I'm going to purchase that diamond. We sold a diamond today, um, you know, which we've had on the website. It was a green yellow. It was a 1.53. Magnificent stone. Um, When we were looking under fluorescent light, it was kind of flat. As soon as we went into another room with different lighting, you should have seen these colors coming. It was like a fireworks display. I mean, it was just incredible, the amount of color, just the most beautiful diamond. At Guildhall, as I said, we go out to find the best of the best. I believe we've got more internally flawless yellow diamonds on our website than anybody in the world, and I can say that. Every diamond that's on that website, we have. There's no switch and bait or bait and switch to say, oh, we don't have that one. When we have a diamond, it says sold, it's sold. If it says hold, it's hold. It means someone has put a deposit on that diamond. Everything else is up for sale. 
We have it in stock. We also have other product that we're bringing in all the time that's actually being appraised or it's coming you know, from Israel, from the Cutters or Antwerp or from Tel Aviv um, or from uh, New York. There's always product. We go and buy the best and we bring the best to you. The reason that we bring the best is that we know that this is an unbelievable investment. What was that uh, article that we read last week about Pink's, Darren, where um, I think it was from Sotheby's and Christie's and um, Cartier, Tiffany's, they were all in the same club. What was that thing that we were looking at? You mean the membership to the new um, Color Diamond? Thing? Yeah, that thing. We were discussing that. But anyway, let me t- 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 kind of bring, bring it to, a, to mm-hmm. a head. What they said is over the last nine years, pink diamonds of all cuts, color, and, and clarity have gone up actually 360%. That's a 40% return per year. Now, I don't know many investments out there that are giving you 40% return on your investment. Darren, I want to take it back for a sec to this. You know, we started the segment off with this uh, this $5 million red diamond. Now, uh, details, Christie's.com. Nobody can see it because we're on radio, but they can, they can Google it. This thing, basically, I'm not, you guys can't say, we can't say because we haven't got this thing in front of us, but the picture of this diamond, it's kind of in the middle, lost, surrounded by these all big, gaudy white diamonds. It looks like one of those raspberry-filled cookies, jelly cookies. I'm betting, I'm not saying definitely, but I bet you there's a there's a fairly good chance that that Guildhall wouldn't even touch that red diamond if it was yours. I'm not saying it's not worth a lot. I'm just saying it might not be the quality you guys would sell and invest in. But yet it's still worth five million dollars. I don't we, think it's a great diamond. If we were to own that diamond, it would be just surely surely because of the size of the diamond. Yeah, I don't it's think it's a great diamond. The size, but no, we've had a couple of reds come through Guildhall, and if you own a red, you basically own one of less than fifty in the world. Wild. Pure reds, yeah, pure reds. You can get mixes, different colors mm-hmm. that mix together, but the reds uh, really don't have a lot of data. You don't really have a track record for saying, hey, one sold here or there. They pop up very infrequently. And as an investor, if you have the budget to seek out and own a red diamond, you're owning the creme de la creme. It's the most rarest type of diamond in the world that you can own. But again, to acquire those also means that you must pay a premium to buy at the wholesale mm-hmm. level. So those are hard to come by and they don't come up very often. And Paul does see some every now and then. But if you look at what uh, trade insiders are saying, they're saying that clients are increasingly buying diamonds as investment to hold for a number of years and then resell. I draw people's attention to a 2012 Barclays Wealth Insight survey, and they surveyed 2,000 high net worth individuals, and it revealed that 70% of the respondents owned precious jewelry in some form or another as part of their investment strategy. And that was compared to only 57% five years previously in 2007. So there is a growing trend among high net worth individuals to own these types of assets. And it makes perfect sense because when you see the track records, when we're able to year over year provide for clients new appraisals on their diamonds, and as they prepare to remarket the diamond and maybe sell and take profit off the table... This is an amazing journey to take because you're getting the front end of the buying and finding the diamond a new home. And when it comes to us, as Paul said, literally every single diamond we buy is a diamond that Paul would own himself. That's the key ingredient. This is not about volume. This is about buying the key diamonds that will make 
you money. And that's the bottom line. And as an analyst, for me, that's exactly why my ears perk up. Because at the end of the day, I may not wear the diamond. I might just want to put it in a safety deposit box and hold on to it for five or six years and look at it every so often. But it's nobody's business. I don't need to tell everybody else what I did and what I own. And it's not like a piece of real estate that has an ungodly amount of man hours that have to go into managing it that we don't account for when we're looking at the value and the return on investment. I do like real estate. I like other hard assets. But portability is everything to me and owning a colored diamond it's in one spot it's a tiny little portion nobody knows about it it's nice and tidy and the returns on it as Paul said are miraculous I've never seen anything like it in my life and I love silver I'm an expert in silver I have a bias towards silver I'll say it on air I own silver but owning colored diamonds is so special and it's been something that's been so lucrative for our, uh, our clients that I hope this takes off and hits the mainstream because everybody that bought through Guilds Hall long term is going to be patting themselves on the shoulder for making one of the the best and smartest investments they've ever made. Well, you have to realize natural fancy color diamonds are so rare. For every 10,000 carats of white diamonds mined, there's only one carat of color. It doesn't mean that that's an investment grade. To find a fancy, vivid, internally flawless, first of all, you don't start off with a carat stone. You know, you may start off with a four or five carat stone that has to be cut and polished Um, taking out all of the impurities of that diamond away from the finished product. You know, 17, 18 people touch a natural fancy color diamond before it's finished. You know, for the first person that cuts it or cleaves that diamond to the polisher to all the way through. You know, there's about 17, 18 people touch that diamond before it hits a retail store. We don't have a retail store. We're not on, you know, Bloor Street or Yorkdale where we're paying enormous rents. You know, we go out and find the diamonds, the best of the best. We bring them to you at affordable prices. Every diamond that we buy, we know that somewhere down the road, whether it's five years, 10 years, 15 years, that that diamond is going to come back to us. So what's the purpose of what we try to do is to buy the best because I don't want to sell a piece of crap twice. It's too hard. So we buy the best, and I'm happy when a client decides to bring a diamond back, they've had it for five, ten years, and they want to make some money because they're doing something else with the money. This is a great time to buy a diamond if you're looking to retire, whether it's five, ten, fifteen years down the road. If you bought an Argyle Pink, you know, today for $25,000, that diamond's going to easily be worth in ten years $100,000. If it's moving up 40% a year in pink diamonds, and if you look at our pinks, we only sell VS. That's an exceptional quality. A lot of the pink diamonds are extremely small, and they come in SI1, SI2, and I1. Those are lower grades. It means you can actually see the inclusions with the naked eye. So we buy the best because we know it's going to increase in value. As I said, if you're looking to retire, you're looking to put your kids through school, this is an investment. You put up 25000 it could easily be worth $100,000 in 10 years. If that's the type of money you're looking to make, you should call us at Guildhall Diamonds. one eight seven seven eight silver guildhalldiamondscom or therealmoneyshow.com. Make sure you get the precious metal advisor and get the buying guide as well for natural fancy colored diamonds. Paul mentioned Argyle. We'll get to that, Darren. The Argyle pinks, the mine, and yellow diamonds with more of The Real Money Show. Hang on.
And back with more of The Real Money Show, the number to start investing, one eight seven seven eight silver A couple websites at realmoneyshow.com or guildhalldiamonds.com is also a good way to do it. Pick up the Precious Metal Advisor and the Buying Guide for Natural Fancy Colored Diamonds. Uh, Darren, let's bounce over to, uh, to the Argyle mine and pink diamonds. Love those. Love we, them. We don't want to leave out the Argyle discussion, no. and we'll talk about yellows as well. But as we promised over the last quarter of the year, we discuss quite frequently as a team and here on the radio what's happening in the pink diamond market. And as everybody probably knows, a lot of our listeners, we've just completed the uh, 2014 Argyle Pink Tender, and it produced the world's uh, highest per carat price per diamond in the history of the mine in 30 years. It is their 30th anniversary. And uh, as a result, we are now starting to see that translate into wholesale costs getting slightly higher. As everybody knows, if you've been watching the markets, this is the time of year in which Guildhall, among other companies, will begin to start putting up their their pink uh, diamond prices. And as a result, we'll give fair warning to all of our listeners, fair warning to our existing clients that, again, uh, coming into the last part of the year and once Christmas passes, there will be an increase in the asking price for pink. So this year will be no exception. Uh, on the heels of that, the biggest uh, problem in identifying a fair increase is figuring out what the cost of replacement is going to be. Now, Paul, last week's show mentioned, or two weeks ago, mentioned that bids were as high as 40% more than last year. And still, many uh, buyers went home without the same amount of diamonds. We have a competitor who usually gets a lot of pink diamonds, big budget, usually picks up in the neighborhood of around a dozen lots for about a 50 to 60 lot tender. And this year came home with one lot. And that tells us that despite their best effort in higher uh, offerings, people are getting... uh, caught up in this and they're moving the prices higher. So to replace these tender stones, we're looking right now to see what we're going to get. And of course, we're letting people come to us as opposed to going out there and asking, we're going to see an increase, folks. And if you're listening now and you have the ability to buy and invest in a pink diamond, do yourself a favor. Keep that pink diamond long term. Buy it with a yellow diamond, put some metal into it, and create an all-around, well-diversified little portfolio. If you're listening here and you have the ability to be online right now, go to the website, click the e-store, start buying some silver, add some bullion to your portfolio as a good way to start. Maybe pick up a 1,000 ounces of silver. You can get a nice yellow diamond starting in the 10 to 15 range, and then add yourself a pink. Your pink is where the big budget's going to go. You're going to start in and around the thirty to $40,000 range and rise from there. But this is the type of investment that should long-term be so beneficial to you. I mean, we're talking about the ability to pay for college for an up-and-coming uh, son or daughter. We're talking about the ability to put a little bit of a nest egg away for retirement. If you're around the age of 50, 55, you've got enough years left, you could put a nice colored diamond. Get out of those investments that are doing nothing for you, these rotten investments that are in paper that you keep kicking and hoping will go higher. Do yourself a favor, at least give it a shot, get the buyer's guide, get some knowledge and become educated about this so that you can make a good decision. And believe me, when we're talking about colored diamonds, this is not for everybody, but those that get involved, as Paul's always said, we've never had a single client, and this is an awesome track record. We love being able to tout this. Never had a single client lose a single penny in colored diamonds. This is also the time of the year where if we've had diamonds on our website, 
we every year in January we get our diamonds reappraised. The reason that we get them reappraised because we know the prices have gone up, and we have to any new diamonds we're buying, we're buying at the new prices. So. January, we get all of our diamonds reappraised, and we know you're going to see, if you've been looking at a diamond, and all of a sudden you see it go from 100,000 to 125,000, there's a reason for it, because they're so hard to find, and that's the new uh, replacement value. The thing that we're actually going to do for December, we've actually, we did it last March, we called it March Madness. Um, Every diamond that we have on the website, you can purchase, it's going to be tax included, we're going to give you that Christmas present, holiday present of tax included in that purchase for the month of December, as well as when you buy a 100-ounce bar of silver, you're going to get a one-ounce maple leaf completely free. So if you want to buy a 100-ounce bar, a couple of 100-ounce bars as an investment, give a couple of the coins away to the, your kids or mm-hmm. you know, as Christmas presents, this is a perfect way to do it. And again, that definitely bodes well for having a diversified portfolio because you're adding diamond, you're getting bullion. Gold is very portable. This is a good opportunity to be adding some gold to your portfolio in the one-ounce bars. Very easy to carry around or put away with that diamond in a safety deposit box. And really, it should be nobody's business but yours. What you do with it should be your business and shouldn't be flaunted out there unless you're planning on wearing it. And we will talk just for a minute about wealth Wealth to wear. wear. It's very important. If you are buying a diamond and you have your heart setting on wearing this diamond or sharing it with a loved one, doesn't matter whether you're male or female, uh, this is an opportunity that can also extend very well to wearing the piece. If you want a custom piece of jewelry set in a stone, with a stone, in a, in a necklace or earrings, perhaps a ring or a brooch, this is a very easy thing to do. We have a very white glove approach. It's hands-on. It's a custom experience for each buyer, and you'll get the exact type of setting that you uh, you can design and call your own and even put a name on it. So if you want to call it the Zoe setting or the Mrs. Smith setting or the Mrs. Smith stone, you're more than welcome to do that. A lot of our buyers, believe it or not, love to do that with their stones. It makes it fun. And that's what investing should be about, having fun and making tons of money. And it's something you can hand down as an heirloom as well, years gone well, by, this right? Is, this is what it's all about. And the same thing with gold and silver. If you go to guildhallwealth.com in the right-hand corner, you're going to see our e-commerce store. Click on the e-commerce store. You can buy gold and silver, platinum, just with a click of a mouse. Whether you want to buy one-ounce bars of silver, we have um, silver eagles, we have maple leaves. Uh, we have 10-ounce bars of silver, 100-ounce bars of silver. If you go to gold, you can buy gold mango, maple leaves. You can buy kangaroos. You can buy 10-ounce um, bars of gold. You can buy kilo bars of gold. We have this available to you. I think we even have the half-ounce uh, gold maple leaves. For not ever, for if you don't have the money to spend, you know, on gold one ounce bars, you can go to half ounce bars. But this is a great, great investment. It's a great gift as well. You know, just think about the gifts that you buy that are useless to most people. This is a something that's going to keep on giving. You know, you give your kids, your grandkids. I know every birthday i give my grandkids an ounce of gold each uh one grandkid is eight one is six but i started off when gold was 550 ounce dollars an ounce we went to 850 950 went as high as 1900 dollars. even if we're trading in the 1200 dollar range it's still value today i think you're going to see over the next while i think you'd easily see five thousand dollar gold you know whether it's five years down the road or seven years down the road or if something unfortunate happens in the world it could happen a lot sooner than that it's a great investment 
paper money, fiat currency is extremely dangerous. You need to be in hard assets, gold, silver, platinum, natural fancy color diamonds. This is going to protect your capital. Darren, talk a little bit about uh, Nicole, who's on site, who's your diamond expert, right? Just to just to back up and reiterate the you know the the, the level of diamond purchasing you guys do. Well, it's a level of expertise that's yeah. experienced by very few firms. One thing we've learned over time is that education is the key to making a smart investment. And so many times we walk through the doors of an investment firm, we make an investment, we walk home, and we wonder what the heck did we just do. We have no idea what we just invested in. It's a piece of paper. It says my name on it, and I bought so many shares of something, or I committed to this or that, and I have no idea how to explain it, and I therefore have no idea where my money really is. When you come to Guildhall, the big difference is that Nicole, and we're fortunate to have her, is an expert in colored diamonds. She is certified by GIA, and she carries with her a wealth, and uh, it's an unbelievable world uh, class amount of knowledge about the color diamond industry. She helps Paul to pick all the diamonds. And of course, Paul will go to Nicole uh, above all else to ask questions about the cut and the clarity and all that and what her thoughts are. And of course, together they make the team and they are responsible for 100% of the purchases we make. Now, that being said, Nicole's expertise extends also to evaluating the diamonds. So once I decide I'm going to make a purchase, one of the things we do for clients is we put together a package and let's say we're Uh, entertaining three different diamonds, we might ask Nicole for her feedback and input on what she feels is the best of the three. And she will give us that feedback, unbiased, and of course she'll tell us what she thinks is the best diamond. She's done that for numerous clients of ours, and we're fortunate enough to have that expertise on hand. But what's more important than anything else is the fact that if you are shopping for something and you're looking to make an investment out of this, a long-term investment, Don't buy from a firm that doesn't have an expert on staff, somebody that's certified, that has that expertise to be able to evaluate the diamonds and the knowledge. And uh, that's a common mistake that people make because without that knowledge, you're really only going to get what you pay for. And most often when people come back to us and it happens Every day, literally every day, Paul, somebody calls the office and says, hey, I bought a diamond from so-and-so. I'm wondering if you guys will sell it for me. No. No, we won't. Unfortunately, that, those diamonds, nine times out of 10, 99 out of 100 times, uh, are, are not the quality of diamond that we're going to sell. So unfortunately, there are still people that end up buying those types of diamonds, and that's fine. It happens. But if you're listening to the show, you've got a rare opportunity. You will be one of only a very small few people to have such a high clarity, high quality diamond when you're looking at diamonds on our site. And they will mean the difference between making a real return on investment and making nothing. And so- also, Nicole wrote the 10 step buying guide to buy- purchasing a natural fancy color diamond. We help people the whole way through. We hold your hand through the whole process. And we want you to be happy. We want you to make a great investment. We want you to make money. So give us a call at Gil. Guildhall Diamonds, give us a call at Guildhall Wealth, either or, whether you buy gold, silver, or a natural fancy color diamond, it is the investment you must make. And hit that e-commerce store while you're there. one 878 silver and online guildhalldiamonds.com. Make sure you check out the 10-step buying guide authored by Nicole and also the Precious Metal Advisor when you're thinking of uh, precious metals as well. We'll wrap it up for another week right here on The Real Money Show.